Welcome to Peeling the Onion Podcast with Cheryl Passwater and Nancy Campbell, where we have real conversations about what it takes to dive deep into the unique journey of healing. Health is not a win-lose game. Join us and our amazing guests to explore the layers of physical, mental, and spiritual health. So grab a drink, go for a walk, get cozy, and let's peel the onion. Good morning. We are here peeling the onion bright and early talking about the golden doodle today. Yes, Ooh, the golden doodle. Let's talk about doodle. Poop, baby. Let's talk let's about, about you and me. me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things poop can be. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Let's talk about poop. <laughs> I'm into it. Okay, guys, real talk. Poop, are you doing it? All right. Mm, no. It's a question. Whatever word you want it's to refer to. The bowel movement. Yeah. You know, the dookie, the golden doodle, the chunky monkey, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> all right. Um, we, we have to talk about this. All right. So um, yep. today we're going to talk a little bit about like, well, what does poop tell us about our health? All right. Because one of the things I know I get a lot of my practice is I get clients. They come in. We talk about their bowel movements and they're like, oh, my bowel movements are fine. But they can't mm. describe their bowel movements. They can't tell me anything about their bowel movements. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we go through a Bristol stool chart. And right. even then, they're not really sure about their bowel movements. So Nancy and I were talking earlier, and I was talking about how, hey, you know, now I have clients because their bowels are so messed up, I have them take a photo of the doo text it to me, so I can, <laughs> on my iPhone, draw in circle, point out the things, send it back. And then every time it's like the aha moment. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is what this is. Okay, yeah. yeah, no, that's not happening. Or yes, this is happening. And so well, we are going to debunk a lot of things mm-hmm. today. I was going to say, I think with poop especially, you just don't know what you don't know. I mean, let's just be honest. I There's a th- that example of, you know, all having aha moments after you've like circled and illustrated their poop. It says it all. So I think today... We're going to cover all sorts of topics around poop. And most importantly, we're going to just talk about some of the main focal points, including movement, hydration, food and allergies or sensitivities to food, your nervous system and how that it has a huge role and and how and when you poop, sleep, structural issues, um, the source or lack of minerals possibly in your system and and, and in your diet and stomach acid. So th- those are just the highlights. We're going to interweave a lot of this conversation with with some some anecdotes, both personal um, and from from present and former clients. So just to help you give some ha- have some sense for what we're talking about here. Um, and so anyway, buckle up, folks. Uh, maybe if if this is not your cup of tea, certainly move on to the next episode. No parental disclaimer necessary. <laughs> That's fair, right? Because my let's be clear, my seven year old would talk about poop all day if she could. She mm, loves girl, it. Girl, I love it too. <laughs> I met my wife talking about fecal transplants. So <laughs> you know, it's really it is what it is. It is what it is. You know, you know when you like the, those who are comfortable talking about poop. You just you find your people quickly. It it happens. So. Anyway, so let's dive in, actually. I think one of the main focal points that you and I really wanted to hone in on when it came to poop was mostly that I had come across this article in CNN, and I I, I will link to to the article just in case that you want to check it out. But So in the article, one of several doctors that were interviewed in the CNN article said that it is normal if we are pooping twice a day up to every three days, like once every three days. And so it, fl- I, it, that's an immediate flag, especially for Cheryl and I who operate more in the functional health <laughs> realm. And so we want to just set the record straight from our perspective, which is to say we need to be pooping every day. And it's important Mainly because pooping is and urination is one are, are one of the keys and the most simplest fundamental pieces to our detoxification pathway. We can add sweating to that as well. But if we're not naturally detoxifying what we're taking you know, our, our bodies from what we are taking in, both environmentally through food, through our our like all, like 
the medications that we're on, we're going to culminate things that we don't want to culminate um, in our body. And ladies, I'm talking to you. One of the main fundamentals, um, at least this is this was super important to me, especially when I was trying to conceive my daughter, was just that if I could get my bowels regulated and fully flushing things out, my hormone levels were so much better balanced because guess what? If we have extra hormones, for example, floating around in our body, we're going to poop those out. So we, we, we get rid of what we don't need in essence. Um, so that is, that's why Cheryl and I are here today. We, we, um, we, we want you pooping every day. That's just it. Period. Bare minimum, one a day, ideally one to three a day. And like, guys, like we have to get comfortable with, you know, the fact that this is a regular thing that should be happening as part of our day-to-day life. Our bowel movements tell us the state of our health. Um, so on top of, you know, removing toxins and hormones, both for men and women and for, you know, even kids, um, you know, we have to, you know, also know that part of the digestive tract is also um, the way that it functions with the gallbladder, the liver and our pancreas. So, you know, our ability to digest fat, our ability to make bile, which also helps us to make good stomach acid. It all, it all plays in the same um, pool, if you will. And so it is really important that we are looking and thinking and, um, you know, getting broader about it. But let's talk about the golden doodle. Okay. You guys, I mean, hopefully everybody here has had a golden doodle at some point in your life, but we're talking that, it was the perfect dookie, the length of your forearm, well digested, <laughs> smooth, the color yes. of like peanut butter or cardboard. It came out mm-hmm. easily. You feel like everything is complete, it is all yeah. released. And you're like, man, my day just started off like so stellar because mm-hmm. that just happened. Hopefully <laughs> some of you, I know you're sitting here nodding your heads while you're listening to this being like, Yes, high five, high five. Um, but you know, the, <laughs> we all want to look. We all want to strive for the golden doodle. We're not going to necessarily have a golden doodle all the time. But real talk, we should be having a you know good, strong, solid bowel movements. You know, more times nine out of ten. You mm-hmm. know, sort of ideal. And yep. what is coming out, whether um, that is loose or maybe it's more tending towards diarrhea, or maybe what is not coming out when we think about even things like constipation. Mm -hmm. It all tells us a lot about what's happening in the body. And so, um, you know, there's lots of ways to get there. And I tell Mm -hmm. all my clients and I tell, you know, friends and family, (laughs) anybody who listens to me talk about bowel (laughs) movements, really, um, including Nancy. Let's be real. Yeah. Let's be real. (laughs) We, We like to talk about poop around here. Yeah. But that, you know, we need to know, you know, what we're looking for, but also what are the basic lifestyle things that I should be doing? Um, because a lot of times if we just clean up our environmental, um, the things we're doing in our day-to-day lives, the things that we are intaking into our bodies, we start, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking a little broader about like, wow, what is my day-to-day, you know, doing? Am I having to drink coffee in order to have a bowel movement every day? That's right. That's not optimal. You know what I mean? And so we have to have these conversations. Yeah. And I, and also just to understand like, where do you carry stress? I mean, stress is such a hot topic for all of us, um, especially coming out of the last couple of years and how we manage stress, where we mitigate that stress. I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase, but I know, do you carry stress in your shoulders? You carry stress in your gut, you know? So, so many times I can, you know, relate to the idea that like, I didn't, necessarily know how stressed out I was. I I was I, I grappled with IBS for years and years and years, especially living in New York and managing too many jobs and, you know, all the all the hustle, hustle, hustle until I was I was, you know, quote unquote diagnosed with with IBS. I know that now now to be clear, Cheryl will correct me that IBS is not a diagnosis. It is a culmination of symptoms, but my symptoms were just these, you know, big swings between massive diarrhea, constant loose bowels, and constipation. And I couldn't get it under control. And I didn't know why. And I didn't understand what was happening um, until I was getting an acupuncturist's perspective saying to me, hey, you probably should just go get a colonoscopy and get things checked out. And so one of the things that we want to reiterate is that the allopathic medicine 
uh, that we have to our disposal is super important. I can't tell you how many people that just in the last, you know, five years that we, we, my husband and I have known who have been diagnosed with pretty aggressive stages of colon cancer, which can have easily have been prevented with um, a colonoscopy. So it, it's there for a good diagnostic tool. It's there to see if there are any physical obstructions or any, um, like any issues going on. But what I wanted to stress is that you know, stress. <laughs> I, I want to stress that stress um, can be carried and and is often ne- negotiated in our bodies through our gut. And there's so much signaling going on. So, um, you know, we can we're going to dive into that a, a, more in depth um, in just a little bit. But we we really just wanted you guys to understand that, like, it, it can have everything to do to diet, to 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 how we're. St- our stress levels are managed to um, food sensitivities, again, to how much we're sleeping or not sleeping. Um, and so, anyways, I think we should just jump in. Let's let's start at the top of our list, Cheryl. You ready? Okay. All right. So, first on my list we had talked about is movement. And I swear this is some of the—this makes not a lot of sense to some people, that just simply being able to move your body and taking a walk, going for a run— getting on a bike is so critical to your movements through your intestinal tract. Um, It seems kind of ridiculous, but it's true. If you tend towards constipation, movement is your best friend or, or can be one of your best friends in terms of just relieving that. Would you agree? Or I think consensus? movement for everybody, whether you're constipated or loosey-goosey, is great, you know. Hmm. So, you know, but yes. What I meant, what I meant was just like getting, getting things to move. Yeah, a hundred percent. And we see this a lot, like in the, um, you know, people who have a lot of desk jobs. Um, yeah. You know, we see this a lot in the elder populations where mm-hmm. people are more um, sedentary, sedentary uh, wheelchair bound, um, but also like medications can constipate. Like that is. That is also real, you know? So there's a lot of reasons that things happen, but movement is um, fundamental. And even if you can't do a lot of movement, like your joints hurt, you know, things are happening. You can stretch, you can roll around, do a little yoga, do some, you know, swimming. There are other activities that can be um, slightly easier on the body where we're able to sort of create some motion and stimulation. Yeah, what we don't want is actually a, 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 a definitive reliance on um, stool softeners and laxatives to help to assist you in getting poop out. And so what we're trying to encourage you to do is whether you're doing bicycle, like in the air where you're just moving your legs as if you were on a bicycle, you're just taking a walk, um, you know, whatever you can do to get that movement going. Um for those of you who grapple with a lot of loose stools and and you know tend towards the, the the diarrhea spectrum, those walks and that movement can just help to relieve the stress that you might be carrying and your nervous system and kind of regulate all of that, um, like all of those signals going through your body, so that hopefully um, you can retain. So when you know if. Those of us who are who are grappling with with constipation, we don't want to retain anymore. We're retaining too much. Those of us who are dealing with with diarrhea and loose stools are not, and, and like a lot of undigested food in our stools, are not retaining long enough. And so th- there's a nice there's, you know, <laughs> movement can kind of hit both sides of that for different reasons. So yeah, um, totally. Let's yeah. So let's talk about hydration. Um, uh, yeah, I think this is fundamental because, um, I think it's something like 80 to, to 80 to 90% of people are dehydrated in the United mm-hmm. States, um, hydration. And actually you guys, and we have an early episode, um, many, a couple of years back with, um, Dr. Dana Cohen, um, and where she talks about, um, in her book, quench and hydration, or if you've ever read, um, Jared, Paul, um, Gerald Pollack, the four phases of water. Um, but like, you know, we, are supposed to be drinking not just plain water, but filtered and clean water. Um, public tap water is not necessarily um, clean of you know chemicals and pesticides and antibiotics and all kinds of things. Um, so not only do we encourage you to drink water, um, and you know you know that whole like adage of like eight ounces a day, 
you know, blank mm. amount of eight ounce. It's it, it's a made up number. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, I really encourage people. You know, start your morning with bare minimum eight to 16 ounces of water. I drink mm-hmm. like an entire quart jar of water in the morning before I have coffee or tea. Yeah. Um, I encourage people like we dehydrate as we sleep. Um, yeah. So, you know, having some water with like a little squeeze of lemon, if you would like to add that, or a little pinch of sea salt, um, you know, is huge. I am a big fan of electrolytes, um, getting good, clean electrolyte powders. Um, we're not paid to advertise companies or anything of that nature, but like I like Elements and Redmond's Real Salts, Ultima Replenisher. There's good companies out there that are making good, balanced electrolytes. Um, but also mucilaginous foods help us to hold on to our hydration. We should be eating things like okra and bone broth, slippery elm bark, marshmallow roots, um, apples, fruit, ap- yeah, et cetera, mm-hmm. because it helps us to hold that hydration longer, flax seeds That's and right. chia seeds. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, hydration is, it comes in many forms, you know, yeah. so definitely if you're just popping sodas all day, um, that's not true hydration. Or, or coffee or tea. So we're just yep. going to be careful that, you know, the diuretic side of some of the drinks that we consume um, doesn't allow us a chance to just hold on to that water. And just as, as a, a backup to the episode with Dr. Dana Cohen, it is episode number six. It's, it's one of our earlier ones, but it, it is, and it is excellent. Her, um, she co-wrote the book, and it actually is available on Audible, but also um, obviously in paperback. But it is—it's it, key for you to understand this. I think as um, so, so many of us are possibly taking care of elder parents um, who are grappling with with a, a lot of these symptoms, um, especially constipation. And I know it can be very quickly, you know, easy to, just to go to a, a drugstore and, and grab some some Miralax um, and just rely on that every day just to ensure that you're moving bowels. Um, that is something that we can our body becomes reliant on, and it doesn't mean that we're actually doing the the things that we need to to do its natural job. Totally, to yeah. Um, and I was just going to quickly add also that Miralax is a is a known carcinogen, yeah. which meaning that it can't you know can cause cancer. So I always tell people like you know in lieu of Miralax, <laughs> um, in lieu of some of these laxatives and things. Like try some cleaner options to begin with, you know, whether that is um, some psyllium husk in water, or you can even grind up. Um, I like to grind up equal parts of chia seed, flax seed, and psyllium husk and put a, t- a teaspoon of that in water, stir it up, let it get kind of slimy, and then drink that. Um, that's the thing I've actually used for um, my father-in-law. Um, you know, he has, you know, been going through some cancer journey and other things, um, and, you know, to help keep bowels regulated. And when he does, when he does that consistently, he's having good bowel movements when he's not doing that. It's, it's usually a, a big regression. Um, and also I'm a big fan of what's called smooth move tea or Senna tea, um, which is also when you're, you know, feeling really backed up, um, you know, having a nice cup of that can also sometimes help things get, moving along so yeah but to reiterate like again senna senna can also become like our bodies can also become reliant on senna so a a red flag is like if if you were okay so fine i'm not doing the miralax and the drugstore route but i'm just doing all like all these herbal remedies if that's something that you are dependent on there are other issues going on inside your diet inside your lifestyle inside your your ability to get moving and and you know, pardon the pun, but just to get things moving. Um, so we want to take a, you want to take a deeper look at that. I mean, I'm going to reiterate what I think, um, you know, we stress at the very beginning of this conversation, guys, but keeping in mind that um, poop is one of the simplest, easiest indicators that we have to sort of tell us and give us a barometer about what's going on in the body. And so also the ways that we mitigate it if we're doing over-the-counter solutions to to get that out of your body, um, something you know we t- roll roll that back and start to figure out ways to sort of get your body doing it on its own. Um, however, you know if you're jammed and like really jammed and need some support, get the support, get things out. But and at the same time, if that's a daily habit. 
we, we have to figure out some other solution. So, yeah. Um, well, so hydration's a key, you know, it, it, one thing that happens and, and medications can really hinder this, but also as poop sits in the colon, um, our bodies, you know, the colon's is a really uh, absorptive organ and it's going to start to pull things, like suck things out, water in particular. And so that stool gets harder and harder and harder sitting in the colon. So, you know, compound lack of hydration with constipation. And we're, we're talking like trying to, you know, move a, um, what's an analogy? Moving a rock through a sock. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> I've not, I've not heard that one, but <laughs> <laughs> but you wow. know what I mean. It's like it's just not going to feel good. Hammock, like <laughs> <laughs> I know it just like like, like just the giggles just don't go away. But I I will say that like oh lord, and well, that it doesn't become comfortable. So that's where the senna yeah. and some of the other mucilaginous well, things help. Go ahead. Yeah. No, sorry. I was going to say, and like you know, when we're blocked up. We are reabsorbing our toxins. That's right. Um, so you and know, hormones. our bodies are yes, and our hormones and everything. And our bodies are smart. Um, I believe, and Nancy, maybe you'll have to cross-check me. I think we did an episode um on the anatomy and physiology of digestion. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I don't remember the episode we number did a though. Series on digestion, if you yes. remember. It's three parts, and it starts, it's episodes number seven, eight, and there's a bonus, which is nine. Um, and so, and then actually just after that, episode number 10 is your microbiome. And so Cheryl kind of goes deep, a deep dive into, you know, talking about ways that we need to keep a nice flora balance in our gut. But yes, there's lots of information from us, but I mean, don't, don't stop with us. There's, there's plenty of information out there that, um, we, we would encourage you to, to look at. Next up guys, let's talk about food for a second. Um, because I think this is a place where people get the most scattered. And I think at the end of the day, and this is something I teach a gut health course, um, two levels of it. And one of the number one questions I get all the time is like, well, what should I eat? And I think at the end of the day, it just comes down to eat real food. (laughs) Um, Staying away from processed foods, staying away from industrial seed oils. That's the vegetable oils and the glycerins and the petroleums and the you know, cotton oils and the peanut oils and, you know, these sort of um, industrialized oils that don't work well for our bodies. Um, You know, and I get asked a lot about even things like gluten. And, you know, the, the, you know, gluten is meant to be able to be digested. That's why we had fermentation, we had heirloom grain, but unfortunately, about 98% of the wheat crop in the United States is now genetically modified. So if you're gonna have gluten, I encourage everybody buy heirloom grain, invest in you, make sure it's you know well raised with love, organic, not sprayed. Use fermentation if you can and are able to. Not everybody in the world totally has a gluten problem, but a lot of people with this with gluten issues and non-gluten um, celiac and gluten sensitivities is reactions to glyphosate, which is Roundup. And so um, there's lots of reasons that we need to just be cleaning up our diets. And also in the United States, we spray the most glyphosate in the world. Um, so you know, it's something just bigger picture to sort of think about is, you know, we are just eating food that our bodies are not meant to be eating. Um, you know, we, we run into an on big onslaught of problems. Um, another reason that we also see a lot of Flip-flop in the gut um, can be um, undiagnosed food sensitivities and even food allergies um, that just go on. There can be foods that just don't work well for our bodies. I'm somebody I know that you know gluten doesn't work well for me and eggs don't work well for me and bell peppers don't work well for me. So those are not foods that I um, tend to partake in in my day-to-day life, but it took me years to figure that out, um, you know, what those things were. But man, when I changed those... My joint pain went away. My bowels regulated quite a bit. A lot of things improved just by me um, omitting those from my diet. And I'm not poo-pooing those foods. Like, you know, eggs are amazing. <laughs> you know, like, um, again, heirloom grain can be fantastic. Um, but we do need to kind of think better. So food is real. Eat real food. And make sure you are eating plenty of colors of the rainbow, eating with the seasons, 
eating your leafy greens, eating ideally wild grass-fed pasture-raised meats. Um, you know, the food pyramid, it should be kind of like upside down of what it currently is. Um, and so just things to sort of think about and, you know, make a food journal. If you're not sure, sit down track your food for a couple weeks. Look yeah, at what and patterns I, are there. Go yeah. Ahead, I want to, I know. I just want to add that. I feel like the, the food pyramid is a little upside down, but it's also, I think, what I've I've appreciated more is looking at the plate version of instead of a pyramid. And so understanding that um, half of our plate should be vegetables and leafy greens. This is, this is my view of the world. And that so that if you were to split it up into a, like four quadrants, then two of the quadrants are vegetables. Um, one of the quadrants could be a source of a starch, including potatoes, rice, um, like other whole grains. Yep, versus or possibly squash or or again a, like a, a yam. Um, and then the other quarter should be some source of protein. But and we talk fiber gets brought up a lot when it comes down to. Um, you know, gastro, gastro health. One thing that you might have heard walking out of your doctor's office is like, just up the fiber, just, just eat more fiber. And I think one of the things that's really risky for a lot of us, especially if we're not, like if we're not used to digesting a lot of fiber, um, that it goes, it goes wrong. It goes bad. You know, the idea that like we get more constipated, uh, we get bloated, our body isn't quite armed with, with the right gut flora and, and like in the right combination of things to help, to help digest those foods. Um, that is, that is part of proper gut health. Um, also if, you know, going back to Cheryl, Cheryl, you had mentioned, you know, doing some psyllium seed husk and really kind of working on some of those things to help you know, soften the stool and move stool through our bodies. I mean, I'm going to be the first one to tell you that if, if you go a little too hot and heavy with that, you're, you're going to jam things up pretty heavily. So if this is new to you and, you know, fiber isn't something that you've really done a good job of, if, if a lot of your diet is, you know, white starchy foods, um, doing whole grains probably needs to be introduced slowly, but surely, um, and give your body a chance to kind of figure out how to process those just to, just to test it out. And then once you're comfortable and once you figure out what you like and what you don't like, um, they should be what's on your plate when you, when you're considering those things. It does certainly help. Um, not everybody can also handle grains and so they can be inflammatory to the body. Um, our low carb craze right now in our, our diet is, is certainly going to skew a few of you away from it completely. So if you're not doing carbs, um, at all, then where else are, 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 are you getting sources of fiber? So, um, are you eating enough fruit? Are you eating enough vegetables? Um, you know, there's a really strong belief in my, in my, you know, worldview that we shouldn't also be eating just a ton of raw vegetables constantly. There are, um, our digestive system craves warm and soft foods. Most often, if you think about it, our internal temperature is, you know, 98.6 degrees, um, ideally, right, on average. And so um, it might be difficult to process raw food for you. And so if you, again, if we want to soften stools and create ease, easeful digestion, um, you know, stick with something that's steamed, baked, um, sauteed, something that's easy or, or boiled, like, you know, soups or soups and stews, um, and warm, warm and easy to digest folks, um, is something that's really simple, a really simple way to kind of help again, like soothe, smooth things out, get things regular. And then, then you can kind of figure out where, where you want to go. Um, I, yeah, I, I have anecdotes about that from um, from the ways that I personally mitigated IBS after you know trying to figure out what that meant for me, um, and you know one of the major tools in my toolkit and part of my health team at the time was was a good acupuncturist, and the belief system in Chinese medicine um, is certainly you know the, they they pay a lot of attention to temperature of food and consistency of food, um, and so that's that's where that's coming from. Just in case you know any of you are 
are interested in in diving deeper or actually see or or possibly you're you're getting some acupuncture and and want to maybe have a few conversations with your acupuncturist about diet um they can certainly like help enlighten you a little bit um so anyway so yeah food allergies and the the last thing i want to mention about food sensitivities is that um and we're going to talk about i'm going to highlight um Liz Lipsky's work. Um, she is um, she's written kind of one of the Bibles of digestion, and one of the highlights of of her work is really focusing in on um, the uh, ways in which we can figure out what we are sensitive to, and the golden tool in the toolbox for nutritionist is the 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 elimination diet. And so what that, you know, look that up. So I I won't dive deep on that right now, but it basically helps you to kind of figure out, okay, hey, you know, I'm gonna take these key allergens out. I'll start there and see how I feel. And then try to reintroduce one at a time to see what and what and how that it, it that triggers symptoms. So anyway, yeah. Um, nervous system. Do we want to go jump? Can I, oh, can please. I go backwards I'm sorry. For a hot second. No, no, yeah. it's okay. I just wanted to really fast also just mention, um, you know, when we're talking about dietary stuff, like, and just everything, like, look, nothing is black and white. We are all unique individuals in our unique bodies. You know, what has happened with myself isn't going to be what happens with you, what happens with Nancy, what happens with your friend. Um, everybody's situation is a little different. That's why customized um, medicine and support is so important. Um, but also, I just piggybacking off of diet, um, I just really want to talk fast talk about minerals because we have a um, little bit of a crisis on hand, I guess is probably a way to put it, um, because our land, due to poor farming practices, is super mineral deficient to the degree that we're not getting the amount of minerals in particular magnesium, um, that we need, um, for good nervous system regulation, which Nancy is going to talk about here in a second, but also, um, for us to be having good bowel movements, for us to have optimal brain function, um, muscle function, you know, magnesium is like, I always tell everybody, like if I had to pick one supplement that probably everybody needs to be taking, it's going to be some variation of magnesium. Now there are eight kinds of magnesium out there in the world. So again, do a little research, talk to a practitioner, um, you know, to find out, well, what kind of magnesium is right for myself or, you know, my situation. Um, but that, you know, we do have, um, a lot of mineral insufficiencies, zinc and, you know, like I said, magnesium, copper, um, you know, all sorts of minerals and minerals, um, are really necessary. They also regulate, um, our thyroid function. They regulate our hormonal system. Um, they, they are fundamental for every function of the body. Um, I really like uh, the work of, um, Dr. Morley Robinson, Robbins, Robbins, sorry, Morley Robbins, um, who um, does a lot of stuff even about, you know, iodine and minerals and so forth. So this is something where I really encourage people. It's another reason to, you know, really do your research and really get behind things like regenerative farming and better farming practices so that we're nourishing the land so that we're nourishing our food um, because we have a big um, disconnect. Um, and, and also those minerals for that nervous system activation, um, very, very important, um, the parasympathetic yeah. and the sympathetic systems. Yeah, well, and that's just a really great segue, honestly, is that to understand that, you know, we, we without, you know the fundamental tools that our, our nervous system needs to actually function. It 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 can't. It's just going to be like ha- Hagrid, ha- not Hagrid. <laughs> Hagrid, thank you. I'm reading. I'm reading so much Harry Potter right now. Oh, Hagrid. Um, but yeah. So it it's sort of the, the way I think about the nervous system is that you know we want to re- first of all want to re- reiterate that you know, 75% on average of our nervous system, you know, the communication that's being sent up to the brain, so much of that is happening in the gut. And we we got to reiterate what stress 
is in the body, we're not talking always about the bus barreling down the street at you or, or the saber-toothed tiger, as it were. We're also talking about, you know, have you eaten enough today? Are you, you know, are, are you going through a real, a real, you know, stressful transition at work and at home and you feel like there is no personal time for you right now do you do you are you getting enough sleep stress in the body can also be again back to food sensitivities and food allergies it's like you know let me just I want to reiterate really quickly and I, I, I'm going to stress again that you guys have really got to go back to our digestion um, series um, from last year because it really just reiterates the fact that like you know food is this foreign body that enters our like our internal system and our immune system is built up to, you know, obviously support our bodies and help kill off viruses and, and heal wounds, but it's also there to sort of, it is there to analyze the foreign objects that we put in our mouth um, every day when we eat. Um, our stomach acid is there to kill off bacteria and things that, that don't belong inside of our bodies. Um, and then, you know, there are cells that are, are microvilli that line our small intestine that are there to do all the absorption and, and unravel proteins and, and absorb all of those minerals that we so desperately need. Anyway, so the point is that, like, there's so much going on in the gut. And um, when we um, are eating a diet that's appropriate for our body, when we're doing the, the, the gut health and gut, gut healing work, work with a good practitioner that helps us, you know, try, try to reverse some of the damage that is taking place through stress, um, we are really helping our bodies to do a better job absorbing our food, which is helping our nervous system do a better job at sending better signals up to our brain, which is helping our brain regulate stress. And it just becomes a beautiful giant circle. And so we can we can deal with the weird upsets and and the the, the invasive, you know, foods, the the bad, you know, the bad bosses, the stressful traffic moments, um, the craziness in this world better when our our bodies are nourished, our nervous system is taken care of, and, and, and our gut is processing and moving things through the way that it should. And so um, I cannot stress this enough. I think this was, this was key. The nervous system part of it for me was so fundamental to my healing. I had to figure out how to manage stress. I had to figure out what was causing me stress. I had to figure out, you know, how to slow the F down and figure out how to, you know, realize what was important and, and not important in, in my life in order for my gut issues to calm down um, and for things to kind of feel normal. Do you know what mineral is depleted the most when we are stressed? Magnesium. Magnesium. Yes, all day long. And it, it's so quick. It goes so quick. Like it's almost just like like this vanishing ghost. It's, it's kind of like the top of the deck. Yeah. Also, guys, you know, as our magnesium and our other minerals are depleted because we're talking about, about minerals, we're talking about nervous system regulation, is also the effect on sleep. Um, and so, you know, sleep is fundamental, necessary. <laughs> we all need to be doing it. Um, ideally, you know, seven to nine hours a night, um, is what we should be doing. We should be sleeping ideally through the night, maybe to go get okay, waking up once to go to the bathroom and urinate. But as a general rule of thumb, we should be, and, you know, I can't tell you how many, um, you know, people I work with and I see, where when they start having magnesium um, as part of their you know ritual in in life, they start sleeping through the night. They start feeling better regulated when their hydration is better and they're really front loading their water during the day. Um, their ability to sleep better because they're clearing toxins out of the kidneys and the liver, um, and you know we're moving more of those hormones. So um, I am such a big fan of good sleep. Cleaning up your sleep environment. Get your cell phones out of your bedrooms. All that EMF actually dehydrates you more. Not to mention, it's um, affecting the cells um, in the body. We can, um, it's hurting the mitochondria. So I tell everybody, like, put your phones, charge them in another room. Um, if you're plugging in phones and you're sitting next to technology all day, you're being constantly zapped by EMF. Put your Wi-Fi on a house timer on a power strip. 
um, and have your Wi-Fi shut down at night. We don't need that um, floating around our homes all night long while we're sleeping, right? There's lots of things we can do to kind of clean up that environment. Um, I'm a big fan of what I call baby light bulbs, um, mm. but like more like she a is, folks. She uh, will preach. So every day, it's like the solution is baby light bulbs. Nope, baby light bulbs. Baby light bulbs. Always, always uh, baby light bulbs. <laughs> Poop and baby light bulbs. So, I know, right? like, what the hell is a baby light bulb? I sound but anyway. bonkers, but I'm not. I am wearing a neon pink headband. Like I'm living you in should, like, the 80s. She's on flash dance right now. You should just see her. She's girl, ready to go. Let's do some getting shake, girl. In between, I'm so excited. Uh, exactly. Okay. Um, but you know, again, when when our bodies and when our lifestyle decisions are lining up in our day to day life, and we are thinking about a lot of these things that we're talking about, happy movement, good hydration, eating real food, getting good optimal sleep, when we're you know getting enough minerals, when we are breathing, getting in that nervous system <laughs> regulated. You know? Have we stopped breathing? Do we stop breathing? Is that there right? are people, I used to say I used to hold my breath all the time and I didn't realize mm. I was doing it, you mm. know? Yeah. When we regulate right. a lot of these things, what do we think is going to happen in the body? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And it's so it's, bef- oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's just it's key. I mean, I think I think it's the whole idea of, and I mean, I hate to do this, and some of you guys are going to probably like roll your eyes and want to, you know, hit me, but it's like gotta have a little mindfulness. It's just like this this awareness of like, oh right, I am a breath holder. When I when I have stress or when I am trying to process too much information, I'm not breathing. Right. Uh, when I, yeah, w- when I, when I'm crazy and, and don't pay attention to what I'm eating, I have diarrhea. Hmm. It's a thing. <laughs> it's yeah. just a thing. Yeah. Keep- <laughs> and I encourage everybody, like, do these things first, you know, and then like, if you need to, sometimes there's structural issues. Sometimes people have polyps. Sometimes things are happening and it may be necessary to go get a colonoscopy or get further, um, you know, looking done at what's happening in the body. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I can't tell you how many times, I mean, I would say 70% of people, when they just focus around these things, they see improvements and there can be exceptions to the rule. Um, you know, like, look, um, you know, we are what we eat, digest, absorb, and get past the cell membrane. You know, Nancy was talking about the gut. If the gut is not functioning optimally, we are going to be prone to overgrowths and dysbiosis. Um, You know, listen, we all have H. pylori. I know I said it out loud. We all have parasites. In fact, we carry about 100 different kinds of parasites in each and every one of us. It's are you in an environment where it can overgrow? SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. There are lots of things that can happen in the body. But guess what? Ladies. 80% of women have a sluggish, toxic bile, and bile is made in the liver through the gallbladder. And if you do not make good bile, guess what? You're not making enough stomach acid. So you're not going to digest and absorb and get things past the cell membrane as you need to. And if your stomach acid is low, guess what? You are prone to overgrowths of H. pylori and SIBO and other things going on in the body. So we are... The environment that are we make in our bodies is why disease and disease happens. And so we have to kind of have a like a little bit of a bigger um, Pandora's box, I think, in a way about thinking about what are the things I'm doing, again, in my day-to-day life to make sustainable lifestyle change, which is something we should all be striving for, right? And we all have our moments. We all have our things. Um, and we go through waves in our lives where... Th- you know, we are on struggle buses, but that's where taking that time to, I think, to reflect inward, see where you need to make improvements. Yeah. Paying attention yeah, was, to things. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to say, like, I'm sitting here listening and all of this is great advice and we're throwing so much at you. Um, and, you know, thanks for hanging with us. And you're probably thinking, good Lord, where in the world do I start? Like, I, I need to sit down and have a chart. And I think... um, I want to reiterate, and I feel like I do this every episode, and I'm just going to say it again to, to belabor the point, which is you're peeling back this onion. It is layer by layer. You need to start at the very, if, if it starts with baby light bulbs to, 
to take out blue light from your bedroom and you're and you're starting with a glass of water in the morning before coffee and you're going for a walk every night before you know or after dinner great start there this is this is this is merely a conversation for all of you out there um, to reflect that like we're all also on different layers of the, uh, like of our own personal onion and that's you know Cheryl you were just saying that right it's like we're all different people these are all you know not not all of these things are going to work for everybody um, I think the idea that like you know, we might have some structural issues. You won't know that until you see a doctor. I cannot, if it just makes you feel better, go get a colonoscopy. I think if you're over the age of 40, you should, and, and there's any inkling that there's some history there for having polyps develop um, in your family, go get it looked at. There is no reason, um, I mean, except for maybe that insurance won't cover it, but, you know, definitely it's time to ask. Um, it's time to inquire and try to figure that out if if that is helpful. I would tell you what, from from my angle, it was helpful to walk in the door and have a doctor say, hey, you had some really tiny little polyps. I pulled those out. No big deal. I tested you for celiac. And mind you, the celiac testing you know, Cheryl and I both agree is not super reliable. I think it's probably improved since the time that I had mine done, which was in 2007. Um, but certainly um, get all those tests run and it becomes a baseline. And now you know. Um, and now you know that, hey, guess what? It's not structural. I need to focus now on um, all the things that we've been talking about, movement, hydration, food and allergies, getting my nervous system to calm down, um, improving my sleep, and and also improving stomach acid, which, which Cheryl has just reiterated. Um, I'm going to reiterate to one the thing that, and, and kind of hone in on, um, again, Eastern medicine. Um, I think for this is just my view of things, but I think for um, and you know, like other modalities of support, including massage, is that you know if stress is truly something that you think is triggering your digestive issues and keeping you constipated or keeping you in rounds of diarrhea or not allowing you to to digest your food accurately, getting support through acupuncture and massage. Um, doing some energy work, finding a good chiropractor, find the ways that sort of help you, you know, take that edge off and communicate to your body, hey, all is well. Um, we're okay. It, it's certainly going to help calm you down, which is going to help the healing process um, and and help to move things along. And I, I tell you what, I've had I had some of the best valve movements after a good um, either chiropractic adjustment or, or acupuncture treatment in my life. I mean, I just can't tell you it changes things. Mm. Definitely changes things. I love a good bowel movement. <laughs> and it comes full circle. Yes. <laughs> so we hope that, you know, and guys, we hope this things encourage you and you'll know, pick one thing, pick two things that you think you're going to work on. Like sustainable change does not happen overnight. Sustainable change is not I'm going to go do 10 things that I can't keep up with. Start slow and low. Pick a couple of things that work for you. All yeah. right. Let's talk about our book club. Um, you guys can go to our website at peelingtheonionpodcast.com. Um, we have a book club there. We've been collecting book recs from both myself and Nancy, but also our amazing guests. We have some cool guests coming on soon. I'm really excited. Some new episodes coming out. Um, so my pick for today is actually... Um, the book Gut, it's called Gut, it's by um, Julianne Enders. If you're just kind of wanting to get like a good understanding of what's happening in the gut. And also, um, I'm going to go ahead and throw up also on there. Not throw up, throw up, but like <laughs> put up, I should say. Um, Gerald Pollock's The Four Phases of Water, um, which is um, really good. I also really like his book on um, called Cells, Gels, and cells and gels, whatever it is. So I'm going to throw those up in case you want something real nerdy. Um, also in the mm. mix, um, and you're wanting to understand nice. um, hydration just a little bit further. 
Nancy. Yeah, for sure. Um, and don't forget Dr. Dana Cohen's book and her and our episode with her. It's I just can't reiterate it enough. I'd learned so much. So my book choice today is my old professor and the former director of the Maryland University of Integrative Health, whoop, whoop, my alma mater, Liz Lipsky. Um, she wrote the book Digestive Wellness. Um, and it's it's gotten, it has some age to it at this point, but it is such a Bible, like I said earlier. Um, and she really kind of covers the baselines of probiotics and prebiotics, celi- celiac disease, the gut-brain connection, how we how we manage carbohydrates, leaky gut syndrome, autoimmune conditions, kidney and bone health, cancer prevention, and Alzheimer's disease. And so it just is like this place where you can go and kind of wrap your head around everything. If this gut connection to disease is something that you've been hovering around and hearing so much about, but you don't fully understand how to talk about it or even how to mitigate it for your body or for your friends and family, um, her book is a fantastic uh, tool. I will also say if you dive deeper into her work too, the she will help you figure out um, and can guide you to how to do, um, how to figure out food sensitivities. And so she's, she's such a great human being and, um, has done fantastic work in this field. So check out Liz Lipsky's digestive wellness. I love that Mm -hmm. book. I also really love her of digestive wellness for children book, which we actually have up on our book club list as well. So check out our website. Um, definitely visit. Follow us on Instagram. And then we, guys, we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on all the things. We have new episodes um, headed your way. Uh, we're really excited. Yeah. And please, please follow us um, on on any of those platforms. Um, it helps to sort of tell the the algorithm that that we're out there. And we would love it if if you're listening and and love us and at least want to share it with others, um, save it to your podcast library so others can find us as well. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah. Leave us a review. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week, guys, on Peeling the Onion. Until next time. Until next time, keep peeling the onion. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Peeling the Onion Podcast. If we've inspired you to take the next step in your healing journey, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. You can also find us on Instagram and online at peelingtheonionpodcast.com. Music by Greg DeJazu and podcast production by Nova Media. Until next time, keep peeling the onion.